Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone, and we are talking about episode 11 of I, Claudius, A God in Colchester. This is the penultimate episode, right? I think 12 is the final episode. Uh, I, believe, I believe this is the penultimate episode, yes. So we are. Uh, so we, are, we just have one episode left after this, and this is the one where everything with Messalina comes to a head. And yes. also things with Herod come to a head as well. To uh, a head is a very ironic, uh, well, yeah. very appropriate, appropriate, not uh, the term. And so in this episode, Messalina really, as we said in the, la- the last scene, Messalina gave Claudius a look, a look of just utter disdain <laughs> and hatred. And this episode yeah. is sort of the fulfillment of that utter disdain and hatred, where Claudius is on his campaign in Britain where he's uh, he's had a successful campaign. He's about to come back in triumph. And Messalina has now taken numerous lovers and even holds a contest against the Guild of Prostitutes to see who can have the most lovers in an evening in which she wins. But then she does something truly dangerous. She um, she 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 takes a uh, 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 the new elected consul. I think his name was Gaius Silius. Is that correct? The, yeah. And uh, she takes him as a lover. But she genuinely is in love with him. And they eventually start plotting to get married publicly is sort of a public declaration of their 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 dislike of, of Claudius and, and, and just how low lowly they were, you know, like how low their opinion is of him. Uh, and then and then through that, they want to basically restore the Republic or either put Gaius Silius on the throne. It's a little bit unclear. What well, the... I, I think they made a point. Like, I don't know what their real intention was. The stated intention Silius gives is, yeah, we'll bring the Republic back. I mean, yeah. whether whether it would have really played out that way if their plan worked is different, but that was his stated well, and the the reason why I gave that some credence in the show is because he said it to her when they were having a private conversation where they were be, both being incredibly honest with each other. And so, that's true. And that's so, true. You know, unless he just—I mean, I don't think she doesn't strike me as a Republican. Uh, you know, no, person. honestly, having not watched the show in a while, my memory's being very vague. I was wondering what her reaction would be to bringing the Republic. I thought I was wondering was she going to go? No, you can't bring. Mm. You know, you, you know. I, I, I like being the emperor's wife. You have to be the new emperor, but mm. she didn't uh, in any way uh, protest it. But, but again, maybe that was just the most plausible way for them to continue doing it. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, it's not so bad to be remembered as the person who restores the Republic. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a, yeah, that's, it's turning a, a, a selfish act into a positive act, basically. Um, but I liked his whole thing where he was like, you know, we're guilty. Like, like she's sort of still deluded and thinking that they can get away with what they're doing. And he's like, no, we're going to get caught eventually. And he's kind of right. They had to act. Uh, but they they uh, they plot against Claudius and they uh, force Claudius's hand. And his very frustrated advisors are able to bring Calpurnia in to convince him of what's going on. And he has everybody arrested. And this culminates, spoilers, in Messalina being beheaded. Um and Claudius, you know, issues the order while he's drunk under the under the guidance of uh, of Palis. Yeah. Um, we also start to see signs of Palis's uh, 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 own scheming occurring in this episode. Uh, you know, we already we already got indications of his bad moral character, but mm-hmm. here we really start to see some other things take shape, um, where he, uh, you know, he really stays his hand on the issue of Messalina. And, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious that Narcissus, Narcissus uh, 
wants to uh, wants to tell Claudius about all this stuff, and and Palus has been the one who has been preventing him from doing so, yeah. perhaps wisely, because when even when Calpurnia does tell Claudius, you know what's mm. been going on, he freaks out even against her, and he's she's probably the person that he's most, you know, uh, kindly dis, uh, disposed towards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it, it's a it, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's a, it's understandable why they were uh, reluctant because I mean, we already saw in the previous episode how you know somebody somebody laying out and explaining what Messalina is doing can not help you in the least. So, um, and so so I guess we could start with talking about some of the characters they introduced this episode. One of them being Manister. I don't know what your response to him was, but he's kind of a colorful character. And, yeah, and he's 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 Messalina's lover, but he's not really he's he's really more of like a go between for her by the end of the episode. Like he, he he she certainly enjoys spending time with him, but it's uh it's Silius that she she really ends up being in love with. Yeah, neither of them are, are in love with each other. It's a it's a fling they're both happening that uh you know just they're they're having a good time, but there's no no deeper relationship there at all. But uh, but what what were your what was your opinion of him as a character, Minister? Did he make much oh, of an was, impression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a fantastic character, I think, in the show. I mean, he uh, uh, yeah. I I I don't know. I, I kind of put me on the spot. Oh, there. I'm sorry. Well, I, I can I can talk about him if you want. Because if you if yeah you want, yeah, you talk about him. I, I, um, <laughs> so so what? So I don't know why I find him a very intriguing character. I re- he really livens up the the show in a lot of ways. Like, I think this would have been a much more boring episode without him for some reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And, uh, and he has isn't that exciting a character. It kind of makes a nice balance. But he's also, he's kind of like a more, I don't know how to put it. He's sort of like Caligula light. Do you know what I mean? He's got a lot (laughs) of the features of Caligula, but he's not nearly as dangerous in, in many ways. He's having a good time, but he gets drawn into this thing, and you get the impression that he might not even really want to be as all in as Messalina is with everything that she's doing. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, but but he's the one who comes up with the idea of the contest with the Guild of Prostitutes, and and you know it's a fame it's a famous scene, and I love the line he talks about where he says copulation on a cosmic scale is the uh, yeah. you know is how he describes yeah. <laughs> it, and uh, and basically the scene is to show just how uh, you know uh, like 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 Messalina's big thing is that she sort of she sort of embodies like all of the worst qualities of the strong female characters that you've had leading up to the up to the up to this episode but but none of the good qualities I would say yeah so she has like yeah. Julia's uh, lascivious nature she has um, Lavilla's love obsessed nature and she has Livia's scheming nature and intelligence so I guess there is that good quality there but but it's not balanced in the way it is with any of those characters there with a lot of those other characters there are things that you can really respect about them and it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to have any respect for Messalina um, but but so much so that even 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 the prostitute that she's competing against just is, has nothing but contempt for for Messalina during the scene um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's inter- It is interesting how it's like in the in one of the first Messalina scenes. You kind of, you know, where she kind of says she wants to be the Livia to his Augustus. It's like there's there's a sense that she almost has some level of of 
I mean, yeah, it's not like I entirely trust her in that scene. It's that she has at least some sense of, of wanting to achieve big things. But it's like at some point she just lost that. It's like there's there's nothing to her scheming other than just doing crazy things and, and having a good time, basically. And so it, Yeah, and, and in the end she can't even when they when they, they offer her the dagger when she is yeah. about to be headed, she can't even kill herself. And I don't know, you feel like most I feel like Livia could have done that. I feel like Lavilla probably could have done that. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I think Julia could have done it. I don't think Messalina can do that. Um, and uh, and so, you know, but, but uh, you know, after the contest or around the time of the contest, no, I think after, uh, is when Claudius returns from, from Britain. And that's when Palis and Narcissus are, uh, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to deal with this Messalina thing. And Narcissus basically says, just, you know, we, we like basically it's too dangerous there's not really anything they can do um, yeah and they keep they refer to it as the old problem like that there's just no there there's it's, it's the, there's no way for them to breach the subject with claudius because they know he'll fly off the handle um but there's a, a i don't know if you call him dim-witted but maybe a naive a naive i think he's a praetorian guard i think his name was justice and and uh he he goes and speaks to 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 Palis. And and, uh, and 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 tries to. He basically says that they need to do something. He, you know, he you know he because he 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 overheard the the copulation contest or something, and he and he wants to report it. He mentioned it to his superior, and his superior did nothing. So now he's going to Palis, and Palis basically says, "You're an idiot and a dead man." Like yeah. like, you know, your superior is the, in the inner circles of friends with Messalina. And so I'm pretty sure that the execution warrant is already on its way. And mm -hmm. I thought that that's it's just a great scene because this guy suddenly realizes this midway <laughs> through the conversation. And it's like, what, you know, we you know, what can I do? And he's and Palis well, is just like nothing. You know, you must, you know, you can die. That's what you can do. Um, yeah. Go get buried. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, I, that, that's that's a good scene. And I mean, the, uh, it's, you know, I, I like the way the show is just willing to leave things completed like that we don't need to see that he dies or anything the show just sets that up and you just you just assume he dies off stage doesn't need to fill in the blanks for you and, but uh oh go ahead yeah jumping back a little bit too to uh messalina and her inability to use the dagger too i i think there's two things going on i mean obviously she doesn't have a lot of the character that would you'd let her kill herself to save her dignity to an extent but there's also also the fact she can never let go of the fact that she is a hundred percent sure if she could get one minute with claudius he would she could talk her way out of it so it's yes. like you know as long as she you know once she, if she's killing herself she takes off that second but it's like she's stalling she's stalling and mm -hmm. stalling for time she sent the kids off she thinks claudius is going to show up and uh so it's yeah, I, I feel like that's a big part of it. That she's still she's still scheming up till the end. It's like she she's she's just buying time. By the way, I, I don't know if I, I this is something I'm always trying to figure out and I can't remember what happens in the book, but I but Palis disappears if I remember in the final. Mm -hmm. Like we just don't see him again. I don't think there may be a line of dialogue about it, but I don't think so. I think that letter explains why we don't see uh Narciss Narcissus again. Okay. I might okay. have said Palis on accident, but Narcissus, the the meek one, the the nice advisor, the advisor who is 
who seems to have Claudius's best interest in mind and and takes umbrage at all the things Messalina is doing and rebukes her in the scene before she's executed. Yeah. Um, when she hands that letter to Claudius, I have no doubt that one of the people she's going to be naming as, as <laughs> you know, is 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 is, is Narcissus. And so, yeah. Um, and I apologize. I, I, I think I might have been switching their names around because for some reason, I feel like the other guy should be named Narcissus because he behaves more like a narcissist to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, that makes sense. But, uh, but no, I think you've mostly been getting the names wrong. Or, or, I don't know. I'm really names right. I mean, you're mostly getting the names right. So I'm, I'm not very awake today. That's okay. That's okay. But I no, but it's, it's, it's a mistake I always make because he has these two Greek advisors who I, I adore these guys. They're, they're really only important, these two episodes. But even in the scene when they go like, uh, well, well, first, before we get to the scene, I do want to mention one quote before I forget uh, when the Praetorian reported to Palis or mm. Palis is sitting at the desk and he and the, the the Praetorian says to him, like, well, when are you going to tell him? And he says, you know, I will choose my time and tell him, you know, when I want to. And then yeah. he says, I have learned to tread very carefully in a burning building. And I, I, I just it's it's a melodramatic line, but I think it, it really <laughs> it captures works. it captures the. It, it well, it kind of tells you so much about this guy. Like this, this, this is these are the kinds of people who thrive in in this in, in this intrigue ridden environment. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's basically your your mistake isn't my problem. I don't need to make a move now. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, you screwed yourself. But I'm not I'm not going to up my agenda and go. Okay, well, since you're in trouble, I'm going to have your back. It's like no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, and that, and that's in fact when and then the guy says, "Well, what can I do?" And he says, "Well, what can a dead man do? Go and get buried." You know, it's that. Yeah. It's that you know, it's 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 a, it's a real. He's a great character. Um, but I also love in this in this you know the the physical humor between him and Narcissus, like the scene where they where they have Calpurnia tell Claudius what's going on, and Claudius is just getting angrier and angrier, and she's weeping the whole time. She's. It's funny because. Calpurnia is really probably the only person on the earth who really is a hundred percent genuine towards him, and and he <laughs> even can't believe her. But then uh, Narcissus and Palus come out, and they're like, "No, it's all true." But they keep taking turns talking, and they keep like putting their hands on each other to sort of force the other one forward, and then you know pushing the other person's hands. It's just this great sort yeah. of physical scene. Um, so I just I just really you know love these characters. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think another thing worth talking about here is the Herod storyline because this is where Herod mm, oh, rebels against Claudius, um, and uh, I think his name is Marcus Vibius. He's one of the governors. I think he was the governor of Spain or something. He reports uh, Herod's actions, and uh, and and Claudius is like really insistent on knowing why and it comes to light that Herod might believe that he's the Messiah and the reason he believes the Messiah is because he was born in Bethlehem and according to and again this is where they insert sort of fake Roman prophecies to sort yeah. of, you know you know what I mean but like Thrasyllus has this prophecy that says that the uh, uh, um, that the that the Messiah is going to have to be born in Bethlehem now the audience knows oh that's obviously supposed to be Jesus but Claudius reveals to the audience, ah, but Herod was was born in Bethlehem because his mother was, um, uh, you know, was taken ill or something and had to give birth there. And we also learn in either this scene or a later one, when the rest of the report comes, that uh, uh, that 
that Thrasyllus also predicted that the death date of the Messiah was going to be the year that Livia died, which is 29 AD, which is a very yeah. convenient date as well. So, you know, there's all there's all these. But but the other I think the other interesting thing is, is with the Herod character, they kind of weave in both the Jew like like cert like like Josephus and and New Testament ideas about about Herod to sort of create this, uh, 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 you know, this part of the story with his character. Um, and and so I don't know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting end. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about what happened with Herod because it's pretty grim. Um, it is. I mean, yeah. Obviously, as uh, as Claudius says in the episode, it's it's the last. It's the last of his friends is gone now. And uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's a uh, it's it, it's an interesting ending too in that it it uh it, it doesn't. It's it's like Claudius is never forced to uh, actually take an action exactly. It, uh, it's, it happens in a somewhat magical within the context of the uh, show way of him him suffering this horrible curse for his hubris. Well, that's taken but, from uh, the Bible too. That's the uh, oh, I know, yeah, I know. I'm saying, but it's it's taken as a as a uh, thing that that uh, it's. I was mean, saying that it's incorporated into the show, and. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it is an interesting uh, interesting way to come about it because it's 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 interesting with, with with that with him him having that ending because he's such a pragmatic character, you know, for him to have uh, uh, taken this route of of cloaking himself as the Messiah when he's you know there, there's it, it's a you know it would seem a very cynical move for him to take. It could have been, but also Claudius is convinced that he genuinely believes he's the Messiah, and so oh, I know. I, so I'm saying it's, it's this kind of a shift there that seems to occur. Um, well, I don't know. What do you do? You think it was? Um, do you think it was a genuine belief, or do you think it was a cynical uh, political move? Uh it's really hard to say because we we see this all at such a remove. I mean, we get to read the the last letter that he sends to Claudius, but it's a uh, it's a very off stage thing. I think there's a lot of ambiguity there, and I mean, people can kind of kind of combine those things at the same time. You can you can make a cynical move that that you then start to believe, you know, that yeah yeah I am this guy. So it's uh, it's really hard to say. And uh, and and also, you know, this is obviously very different for like the the historical Herod that he's based on is is, is a much more complicated, and there's a lot, mm. many more uh, alternative uh, alternate explanations and alternate uh, accounts of of his reign and everything. Um, I know, like in Judaism, you know, he's he's, he's viewed very differently, for example. Um, but uh, but I just I, I don't know, I just I. I think that his that his character ends so sadly. It really highlights all because he's the most colorful character in the show to a degree. You know, I mean, with the exception of people like Caligula, who are colorful in very yeah. dark, dark ways. He's the most colorful, he's, like character that you non, like. non non crazy character. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, so, he's he's somebody you'd want to know. Do you know what I mean? Somebody yeah, you want to yeah. be in your group of friends. And uh, yeah. and, and uh, I, I I and he's charming. And and I feel like the sadness of this of this of his death in this 
and, and and how it plays out and how it's a it's kind of a betrayal but there's this bitter sweetness to the end of it when he sends the letter uh it just contrasts really nicely and highlights you know the, yeah. the, the personality and I, the thing is i mean it's, it's an interesting thing about the difference between friendship and politics too because him wanting to you know free free, free the east from rome it's like that's not a bad <laughs> motivation i mean yeah it puts him at odds with claudius but that's I, I feel like it's an entirely reasonable yeah. thing to want. <laughs> well, and also, and he, and he does even continue to give Claudius that same piece of advice in the letter where he says, trust not, you know, he, so oh, he still yeah. has some concern for him. Um, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, when he, when he gives the warning the first time in the previous episode, it's, it's, it's him saying, look, you know, just keep in mind, I have my political goals and you have your political goals and those you know those those come before anything it's like i i i have to do what's right for my people so and so but then right after herod's death right after he's been told trust no one like literally like like moments later <laughs> uh he gives messalina the ability to use his seal which yeah. we know is a fatal move we know that's not going to end well for you if you have a scheming significant other in the palace um, yeah. yeah and uh and so and this is when the plot with Silius really begins to take shape. Um, and I don't know, uh, you know, uh, you know, how, how did you feel about, uh, I don't know, I guess about the Silius character, number one. Like, I know he's not, he's not really fleshed out all that much. But did you have any thoughts on, on, on the conspiracy and whether, like, I guess here's my question. Did they go about it the right way? Like, did they go about it the right way? Like, I like, mean, obviously, I, I, you know, as far as thinking of Sil, there's a number of questions to unpack there. As far as Silius as a character, the most interesting scene with him, of course, is the one where he's in bed with Messalina and he tells her, "Look, we can't, we can't just keep hiding this because it's gonna come up sometime. So let's make a move." I mean, I, I, I think. I mean, it, it's kind of ironic, I guess, that they decide they need to move quickly. But when they do make their move, they kind of they, they don't expect Claudius to come back. They don't mm -hmm. expect him to. Make, so they think they've got to, you know, if, he's in if Ostia had, when all this is happening. Right. He's in he's yeah. going to the Ostia Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's a case where the 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 whole thing, you know, I mean, if if they had a couple more days, they might have been able to cement some power and Claudius would have lost it. But it's like they, you know, they, they kind of they celebrated too much before they completed the yeah. deal. You know, they're they're partying when the uh, when, when they're when they have, you know, before before the victory. And I think that's what really did them. In. Here's what I think went bad with this plan. The, yeah. the it was the wrong plan. I think I think they were, mm -hmm. I think uh, just from their I mean obviously you don't want them to succeed, but from the point of view of these characters, like he said, he, he makes a very compelling argument. They're guilty, so they must act because guilt you know requires daring, and they have powerful friends who share their danger. I'm just yeah. quoting him now, and so he says if they you know so then he reasons that if they marry openly and publicly, all Rome will see how much contempt they have for Claudius, and they can declare the republic restored. It's a really naive plan. Because you don't, you, yeah. you don't you don't just need the 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 
the key f- you need the key figures that support you to do something you know what i mean and 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 what's and what claudius is able to do is he doesn't have certain officers that are loyal to him anymore but the soldiers are all still loyal it's the same so you know so he's able to just yeah. send the soldiers in and arrest everybody you know it's sort of the it's 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 like a paler version of the sejanus problem and so i think that uh i think that you know he just had, he obviously just needed to remove the off the questionable officers and then that was that yeah. so i think uh i think what they what they should have done is he trusts Messalina utterly. All she has to do is poison his food. That's all she has to do. Here, drink this. You know, yeah. and he's going to drink it. And there's there, no question. And it can even be done in private, out of view from everybody, it, with a poison that's going to kill him hours later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I, I think one thing to consider, too, is Messalina had very strong personal charm. She had a bunch of people in her circle that she had totally under her sway. But, you know, talking about, like, the common soldiers, it's like, you know, Romans on the whole are pretty conservative people, yeah. realistically, like your average Roman citizen. It's like, I, you know, if everyone knew the kind of thing she was up to, it's like, I don't think the average Roman soldier would really be that approving of having, yeah. a, you know, a contest to see who could sleep with the most. It's like, I think, you know, it's like she, she, it's, she, she, you know, they, she had this feeling that everyone supported her, but she had this circle around her of people that did, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of serious disapproval to that kind of thing. It's just the weakest on-screen coup ever. You just, you just, it's like they're yeah. having a party and they're just screaming their heads off as the soldiers come and arrest them all, and they just have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a uh, yeah. There's no, there's no, there was no, uh, no, no teeth to their coup at all. They had no, mm-hmm. no force. But I kind of think this sort of highlights one of the themes of the show, which is that the sort of enervation of all of those kinds of forces in the, in the, you know, in, in like, like, you know, like the whole, there are no lions in Rome anymore. You mm-hmm. know, a lion could stage a proper coup if, if a lion yeah. really wanted to, <laughs> but now you just have these people that are more interested in the party than they are in, 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 in asserting whatever it was they were trying to assert there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things with this, uh, with this episode too, because I mean, uh, you know, on, on top of the, uh, you know, like, like I said, there's, it plays interesting things with your motivations because like I said, you know, going back to Herod, obviously what Herod is, what Herod is doing is not bad in any strict moral sense, but it's like you, you, you tend, you know, so it, you don't know how to feel, but with this, it's, you know, with this Claudius, <laughs> I apologize. I Uh-oh. should have turned off my phone and I did not. But yeah. Claudius is, uh, is, is, is in a position where, you know, his, his, his big thing always was restoring the Republic. And he's, he's kind of pushed in his position where it's like, Oh, they're, here's a coup where they're going to restore the Republic and he, you know, he has to smash it. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, it's, and, he, it, and it's interesting that that isn't even a moral question for him. It's like he could, if there was a scene where it's like, oh, they want to restore the Republic and gee, but I, I do want the Republic back, but no, that, that, that isn't even in his head that he states anymore. Well, his, the whole thing with him and the Republic really gets questionable by the end because his, 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 his way of restoring the public is to let the uh, poison seep out uh, by mm. by event you know eventually by uh, you know marrying the the uh, who's the mother of Nero is it is it Agrippina or I can't remember her name uh, um, I can't 
but 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 it's it's like one of his nieces i think and like uh and uh or a great niece or so, some some distant connection to him and and he he just he just he just starts enabling all this terribleness and and that's the that's his solution whereas all he really needs to do is just even if he doesn't want to relinquish power during his lifetime he could just have the republic restored after his death you know what i mean could, yeah you know it, yeah it seems like be- bequeath bequeath it back to the uh, senate upon his death yeah it's uh yeah i don't know so um, then again, I don't know how well that would work because I, I feel like I feel like if he really wanted to restore the republic, you know, the the emperor would need to oversee it to make sure it's stuck. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, we've seen we've seen too many times where someone is dying or dead and people play shenanigans. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, on his deathbed, Claudius said to me that. He has had a change of heart, and I should be emperor. And, uh, and, and just to clarify, yeah, Nero's mother was Agrippina Minor, so okay. Agrippina the Younger. Um, so, so yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, it's like you say, like, like. But again, I can understand because in this issue, you don't. He, he wants the republic restored, but this is certainly not the way that he wants the republic restored. Um, no, you know, it is. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying it's, 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 it's just. I obviously I, I don't I don't think there's any road where he would go along with this. Mm-hmm. There's no that's not gonna happen. I'm just saying there there isn't there it's I'm just saying it's interesting that that, you know, it isn't even a there it isn't even like a momentary mm-hmm. irony that he finds or anything. It's just no, he, he just <laughs> it, it, it's just uh, something he's 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 gonna do. But uh but yeah, so but then they arrest them and then they get him drunk. And they have him sign a bunch of execution warrants, including one for Messalina. And then that's when they go and they execute her. And that scene is, I think, it's a pretty, it's a pretty well done scene. And I think mm-hmm. she has a good job. I mean, again, she doesn't come out well in terms of like how you respect, like you don't like the character, but you're not supposed to. Um, but she's basically hysterical. And the mother is, you know, it's very interesting to see the sort of the mother who's sort of been kind of timid the whole time and sort of been torn between her loyalty to her daughter and like her sense of duty and honor. And, and she, and, and she just tries to persuade Messalina to take the dagger and, you know, just says it's done, you know, like there's like she, she's not even going to make an effort to, to try to save Messalina. And it's not, I don't think it's out of a sense of self-preservation because I think she's, you know, I think she's just tired of. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, she, even though she's too timid to do anything about it, she has a sense of decency. And uh, Messalina taking the dagger is the only decent path forward at that but, point. But she can't do it. She's she, she's unable to. And so they they we don't actually see them cut off her head, but they do it very effectively in terms of mm-hmm. how it's conveyed by, you know, they, they I think they lift her head and then the camera pans violently to the right and you hear a sound. And, yeah. Uh, and she says, "Not my head." That's the that's the big thing she says throughout the scene. Not my head. Not my head. She doesn't want her head cut off, um, which is understandable. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would not like my head cut off. Um, <laughs> and then the next scene, Claudius is told, and uh, and he is not pleased, but he he, he basically cries, um, and uh, and and also it, it's just an, so the way this scene is shot is you have Caligula sitting down at a table. And Palis and Narcissus are shot from the back. We never see their faces. And I don't think oh, you said Caligula. Did you mean Claudius? Oh yeah, I'm sorry, Claudius. Claudius is sitting down. <laughs> uh, I'm getting the names all mixed up today. Claudius is at the table, and Palis and Narcissus 
are shot from the back and you know they they say you know he, he says i'm ready to see my wife now and they're like oh but sir you you signed the warrant for execution last night <laughs> you know, or she, she was executed at your orders i think what they said um, yes and he just has a look on his face and then they change the subject to news from Britain. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and this is where the title of the episode comes from. You know, they have decided to worship you as a god in Colchester. Uh, and it's sort of like they're trying to they're trying to be upbeat about how they deliver this news. And yeah, it's not a not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of effort. It's like, yeah, there's times there's times you can change the subject to uh, to to cheer someone up but you know oh your wife yeah you ordered her executed don't you remember and then by the way (laughs) it's like yeah yeah just no you're not you're only poisoning the good news at that point so so it's funny because you know so number one i wanted to know if you had any you know if you don't have thoughts on it you don't because it's not it's a little bit of a vague uh thing i think but if you had any Mm -hmm. thoughts on why they uh why they why they titled the episode a god in colchester uh boy, that's an interesting question. Uh I mean it's uh I mean well for what from one angle too, I mean it's worth worth keeping in mind that this is both a British novel and a British show. So it's the, the tie between, you know, Claudius as someone that had an effect on British history, I feel, is something that gives the character interest. But uh, I don't know if that's the reason they titled the episode there. But um, it's uh, well, I think yeah, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's possibly one reason. I, I think also the um, it harkens back because uh, uh, Augustus was was made a god in Syria in Palmyra, and mm-hmm. remember he had that line, you know how you know can I can I you know uh, I, th- I think he said something along the lines of if I'm a god even in Palmyra. You know, how do I cure gout? You know, something, something like that. <laughs> and so it, I, I feel like it's connecting back to the Augustus thing, too. Where, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, that's true. I, yeah, that's uh, that, that makes a lot more sense. I, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, because, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, <laughs> it is kind of funny. He gets uh, Established as being a god, you know, right at this moment he feels utterly bereft and powerless. So well, to an extent. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it's like you know, like like he, you know, he. That's the best thing that you 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 know you've been elevated to godhood. I mean, uh, in Roman terms, that's a you know, like Livia was striving in her later years to become a goddess, just so that she could yeah. eliminate all of the bad things that. And, and and I think we have plenty of reason to believe that that Claudius thinks all that stuff is kind of true. So. So, so it's you know it, it it is it is a nice sort of coming together of it's the best of times and the worst of times. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, we yeah like the, we do we would believe that Claudius believes in all that stuff because I mean, I, just in this episode alone, he spends a lot of time uh, going obsessing about astrology and the Messiah thing and what really he, he he takes that utterly utterly seriously. There's no. He's, he's not he's not a, uh, a a secular person and so I feel like this is his Apollonia moment from like the Godfather do you know what I mean like this is mm. this is like <laughs> and so I think that's why the the title is so important because uh, uh, it, 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 it's cl- it, it's the coldest it, it, it's the coldest 
depiction of becoming a god you could see it just has no <laughs> meaning for him because yeah. all it seems like all purpose has been drained from from his life when 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 he's when he's killed Nesselina and yeah. and i guess and also the realization that Nesselina never really cared for him probably is uh is dawning on him um yeah i suppose too it's uh you know another I thought, you know, you, you've talked before about how, you know, a lot of the things that happen with uh, Claudius are kind of a a paler shadow of things that happened earlier with Augustus. And it's like becoming a god in Syria. Syria is like a, a pretty impressive place, whereas, you know, you know it's like uh, that's where Augustus became a god. Claudius became a god in, in Colchester. Yeah, I guess it's, <laughs> it's recently conquered, you know, backwater. <laughs> Where I think what do they get there tin or lead or something? There's like I, I forget what yeah. the you know it's a um, there's a there's a uh, there's a there's a there's a uh, uh, well I won't get into it. There's a side subject I could have got into there, um, but uh, but yeah that that is a good point. It's kind of like you know he's, he's it's a pale imitation of what came before. All this stuff is she's a pale imitation Olivia. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if I would call Claudius a pale imitation of Augustus. I guess he is because Augustus did achieve. Augustus really like established this line that he's in, and 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 Augustus, you know, despite his flaws with Livia, I think um, he, he he Rome did better under him in the context of the show than it seems to be doing under Claudius. Um, mm-hmm. Though Claudius did take. You know, Britain, that's no small accomplishment. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, once again, saying it's everything is kind of a somewhat smaller scale thing. I mean, it, it, it's like you say, there's, it, it, it's any it's trend, but obviously Claudius, I mean, you know, even it was brought up early in the show, Claudius is the one who nurtured Rome and brought it back when it was badly wounded. So it's not, I, I don't mean to be overly harsh on but, it by any but but here here's where it is. It, it, Claudia, the the show over the course of its of the series, it's the whittling away of of the company that Claudius keeps and the yeah. and the family. And so when the show starts, you have this really big family with he has you know and, and again Claudius isn't even born, but that period of time is where he has all his friends and his family and this great patriarch and this great matriarch and and it creates a warm sense of family and belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now it's like all those people are gone and it's just Claudius and he hasn't been able to reestablish that yeah that sense of warmth and as dysfunctional as it was under Augustus it was still a I don't know it was a it, there was a a thriving family environment um and- yeah we have we have actually a big yeah i mean during the early show you have all these scenes of everyone gathered around on the couches watching entertainment and stuff and people chatting with each other yeah. whereas whereas we have a scene in this where it's uh you know there's the voiceover talking about how even his slaves knew and they were laughing at him and it's just claudius on this couch in a room alone with a bunch of silent slaves and it's like that never never would have been an evening in the palace during augustus's reign no he would have been he he, he was either working on a project or he was doing something you know he, he he was he just was not built that way claudius is more studious and he's more of a scholar so it kind of makes sense that he might have slipped into this without really take you know without really taking any effort to 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 build 
a stronger social network around himself. But even so, I mean, he he, yeah. he did try. He's married, you know. It's he, all the all the basic elements are there that should be you know providing this sort of family environment that he grew up in. But he's he's just not able to achieve it. And um, yeah. And so I don't know. But again, to me, it really highlights how the show is really ultimately kind of about family. That's sort of the heart of the show. And that's again, that's why I yeah. I, I always point to the Caligula and Claudius episodes as being so significant. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. And so, and that's why these later episodes, they feel empty because deliberately, I think, but I feel like they feel empty and you feel like, I really wish it was like three episodes ago or four episodes ago, because you're just noticing how like absent people are. And you really, you really pick up on it when Herod dies. That's when I think it really becomes just unavoidably obvious to the viewer. Um, So, yeah, so I don't know, we, we, we're on 40 minutes and I have to head out, but, uh, I think that, uh, you know, we have one more episode left. Um, you know, I, I you know, uh, did you like this episode? I didn't even ask you that. Did you enjoy this episode or did you? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think there's a bad episode of this, uh, this whole series. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, there, there is not one episode I, I, I dislike. I, I think this is a very good episode. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree with that. I enjoyed this episode. Again, I think, I, I think the, I think the best episodes are a little bit behind us, but you know, there's, you know, there's only yeah. so much you can do to, uh, um, you know, to match what goes on in the Caligula episodes, in my opinion. Um, and so, uh, so you know, we'll be back on uh, probably sometime this week. We are going to also be doing the new Doctor Who, so uh, that airs mm-hmm. tonight. And that means we'll probably be covering Doctor Who before we cover the next I Claudius episode. Uh, so hopefully people will be forgiving of that. Um, but it's been how long since we've done like an, an actual episode of Doctor Who that's airing? Um, it's been a oh, while. It's like a, I think it's been a year and a half or so yeah. since it aired. I, I they. they... So I think I think it, was, it aired in the spring last time. So it's it's funny uh, like like Doctor Who ends. And like for the next four months, I like I just want a new episode of Doctor Who to come out. But then by the time yeah. Doctor Who comes oh. out again, it's like all of my enthusiasm is drained, and I have I'm like I'm, I'm going to watch it, but it's like I don't have that level of like I must watch Doctor Who. And I feel yeah, like, I feel I feel a little disconnected myself. I mean, like I said, I, I felt that before the last season, though. Yeah, so, and I enjoyed the last season for the most part. That was my next set but, uh, statement, though. I think almost not being keyed up to see the next episode ends up working in the episode's favor. It because does. I'm not like I also don't have all these expectations of, of you know walking in that it has to meet all these things that I want. And so, yeah, I gotta take that on its own terms. But yeah, to give an idea of how long it's been since since we last reviewed Doctor Who, the second episode of the previous season was the first podcast I ever did with you. So, yeah, no, that's if that's... you ever if you ever you did you, I think you did a you did a, a YouTube video about the first episode, and I watched the video and I talked about it to you like, hey, do you want to do a <laughs> do a podcast? Yep. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's that's how long we've done all of Babylon Five. All yep. of that has happened. In between, which was an enormous five project. seasons. Five, we did five all, seasons of Babylon. We did five, five seasons of Babylon Five. We did the entire Return of Condor Heroes uh, in, in between. You know, so it's it's been a long road. 
and, uh, and 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 it's funny now. Like I know we at some point we want to revisit a Wuxia episode, and I think the big one we were talking about was the Flames daughter because that was really yeah. hot at the time. And now it's like it's obvious that that's sort of you know not as relevant because so much time has passed. And now we you know we, uh, so so we tend to do these really long shows that take a while to work our way through. Um, unfortunately, it means it's things don't always work out the way they are with Doctor Who right now where like it's lining up perfectly because we're ending I Claudius just as mm-hmm. do- the new Doctor Who is coming on um, which will be I think enable us to focus on that more um, but yeah so so anyways we'll be back on next week or sometime during this week with Doctor Who and the the, the next episode of I Claudius and then uh, on Friday we're going to be doing Black Magic 2 I believe so. Yeah. So Black Magic Two is our next Wuxia weekend, and 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 just by the way, we know it's not a Wuxia movie. It's just that we uh, we. It's Halloween. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. it's Halloween. We're um, gonna bend the rules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but do I I do encourage people to 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 check this one out and to listen to the last episode because we were very divided on on Black Magic, and I even got a comment on one of the Facebook uh, posts about Black Magic by a person who also was not very impressed with the movie. So oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. so yeah. Well, yeah, no, there was a very strong uh strong expression of dislike of that film. And, yeah. and I, I liked it. I had a lot of criticisms during the podcast, but I liked it on the whole. I don't know. Well, I think you and me were the two that really liked it. I think uh Kenny was maybe a little more on the fence with it. And mm-hmm. I think Dion really didn't like it. She did not. Uh, like she it. did not like that movie. <laughs> I, I really didn't expect her to. Um, but uh, but I think uh, and, and and but I found that's a divisive movie. So I'm curious how people will feel about part two. And yeah. so so we'll be back on on Friday with that, and then uh, you know more discussion to follow. And until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.